Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 47 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. This is me Neha Shetty and I'm so glad to have you all listening in. This episode is all about a preview of the India women's team tour to England and other pointers to discuss. So hoping to have you listen till the end as this is a comprehensive analysis where we will touch upon many topics. This includes the backlash after the series versus South Africa, the apparent widening of the gap between international and domestic cricket, the delay with the announcement of the squad, the selection, scheduling of the series, the central contracts announced, the coach conundrum, the nine-member coaching panel, the one-off test we are playing versus England and celebrating a historic feat, players to watch out for among a host of topics. So, strap your seat belts, here we go. Let's kick start the discussion with the backlash after the series versus South Africa. The Indian team played international cricket earlier this year after a gap of exactly 364 days. Yes, that's 5 months after the post-pandemic resumption of women's cricket. Now what could one expect? Playing competitive cricket after a year meant great losses versus the South African team which was so dominant and also took away any chances of a larger and bigger T20 women's challenge in 2021 if reports are to be believed lack of game time meant that they were rusty and that was certainly not accounted for neither was the fact that a loss in a sole series should not curtail a long term development plan for women's cricket in India but BCCI certainly doesn't look at it that way the series versus south africa was certainly the toughest as an indian fan to watch i mean a lot happened in that series right from the weird selection calls and some of the selection certainly not going away to the notable names not making it to the final squad and some other prominent issues say the lack of match practice you know among so many that was actually observed very well knowing how much the bcci is doing for women's cricket it wasn't much of a surprise but the backlash that the women's team faced was unfortunate and a lot of questions were asked the apparent widening of the gap between international and domestic cricket i think this point becomes all the more important because even though the level of competition in the international arena has risen this surge in quality has meant that the qualitative gap actually you know between the local competitions and international cricket has arguably widened now the country currently boasts of exceptional talents we have smriti mandana harmanpreet kaur mithali raj jemima rodriguez is just to name a few and the newbies who have come you have richa ghosh you have shefali verma and so many more who have actually shown promise but i feel this often an over reliance on these big names to deliver and the uh, and the newbies coming in facing a lot of pressure I think one of the major questions you might be asking is why are there you know so many domestic players who are unable to step up to the international level so when smriti mandana was asked this question she basically attributed the shortcomings to a lack of exposure to high quality bowling and a very conservative mindset that has been fostered in the women's cricket setup this is mostly the domestic setup 
and there's a huge gap you know between the domestic and the international cricket and i think the gap needs to be lessened and the domestic cricket has to you know up its game now if you look at scores in domestic t20 it's mostly in the range of like 115 120 max to max 130 and that's when you know you need to go back out there in your domestic cricket and try to get those scores up try to be more attacking with your approach and it becomes very important to you know take those scores to 140 150 and if that's happening most of the batters will come with that mindset and same fearless brand of cricket to international cricket and you know not get intimidated so that becomes a very important point i think that's when you know taking a leave out of england and australia's book becomes so important they have established their own brands of cricket owing to the leagues that they have the kia super league that's now defunct and you have your the 100 and the australians have wbbl i think the time is ripe for a women's ipl and i cannot emphasize on this enough it's time that the bcci really gives it a thought and implements it with the same effort intent and thought process it would for the men's ipl and get this plan afoot our women deserve it more than anything let's now focus on the delay with the announcement of the squad it almost looked like the bcci had forgotten about the announcement of the squad i mean keeping us waiting so long they finally announced the squad at night cricket twitter was livid you know with bcci and the bcci women handle but because they were just not tweeting anything but the wait was finally over and for the fans it was very good to see some names who were back in the team as expected 17 year old shefali varma broke into the odi and test squads Shikha Pandey who was dropped you know in the home series versus South Africa again was called back for this all important tour and uh, Mithali Raj would be captaining the ODI and the test sides where while the responsibility of leading uh, us in the shortest formats will be on Harmanpreet Kaur Shikha Pandey Tania Bhatia Ekta Bisht also returned after missing out on the series against South Africa while Indrani Roy who impressed in the national one day competition got her maiden international call up Monica Patel, C Pratyusha and Mansi Joshi found no place in the squads while the experienced Rajeshwari Gaikwad missed out due to injury. The tour to England begins with a one-off test in Bristol on June 16 that's followed by three ODIs and three T20s. Let's now focus on India's squad for the test and ODI series. We have Mithali Raj as the captain, Smriti Mandana, Harmanpreet Kaur as the vice captain, Poonam Rawat, Priya Punia Deepthi Sharma, Jemima Rodriguez, Shefali Verma, Sneha Rana, Tania Bhatia and Indrani Roy as the wicketkeepers, Jhulan Goswami, Shikha Pandey, Pooja Vastrakar, Arundhati Reddy, Poonam Yadav, Ekta Bisht and Radha Yadav. The squad for the T20 internationals has Harmanpreet Kaur as the skipper, Smriti Mandana as the vice captain, Deepthi Sharma, Jemima Rodriguez, Shefali Verma, Richa Ghosh, Harleen Diol, Sneha Rana, Tania Bhatia and Indrani Roy as the wicketkeepers, Shikha Pandey, Pooja Vastrakar, Arundhati Reddy, Poonam Yadav, Ekta Bisht, Radha Yadav and Simran Dil Bahadur comprising the very strong squad. Focusing on the scheduling of the series, from June 16th to 19th is the test match at Bristol County Ground. June 27th is the first ODI in the same ground. June 30th is the second ODI in the Cooper Associates County Ground in Taunton. July 3rd is the third ODI in Worcester. 
July 9th is the first T20 international at the country ground. July 11th is the second T20 international, the first central county ground. July 16th, the third T20 international at the county ground, Kemsford. The central contracts being finally announced. After a long wait, BCCI finally announced the central contracts for the Indian women's team members from the period of October 2020 to September 2021. Some of the key changes made in this year's contracts include now the list last season comprised 22 cricketers, but this time it's just 19. Shefali Varma and Poonam Roth were moved to grade 2. Richa Ghosh has earned a grade 3 contract. Veda Krishnamurti, Ekta Bisht, Dayalan Hemalata, Anuja Patil have been dropped which is very surprising. The categories of the contracts are divided into three segments. We have the grade A players who receive 50 lakhs, grade B players who receive 30 lakhs and grade C players who receive 10 lakhs. Now in the grade A players, you have the likes of Harman Preetkaur, Smriti Mandana and Poonam Yadav. Grade B players includes Mithali Raj, Jhulan Goswami, Deepti Sharma, Poonam Roth, Rajeshwari Gaikwad, Shefali Verma, Radha Yadav, Shikha Pandey, Tanya Bhatia and Jemima Rodriguez. Grade C players include Mansi Joshi, Arundhati Reddy, Pooja Vastrakar, Harleen Diol, Priya Punya and Richa Ghosh. To focus on the coach conundrum. The tour will be India women's newly appointed coach Ramesh Povar's first assignment in his second stint as the head coach of the team. The former India off-spinner replaced W.V. Raman in the position recently. It was a little surprising, you know, that Povar was chosen for this role considering how the last time he was around, the feud with Mithali Raj really grabbed the headlines and was very controversial, you know, considering the claims placed on record by the latter against Povar. Bringing him in ahead of, you know, the most important 2022 World Cup where he will have to work in tandem with the legendary batter who is almost in the twilight of her career as she looks to end her career on a magical note will be interesting to see and one can be only hopeful that all the differences, the bitterness and everything is sorted out for the better of the team. Although Pova's exclusion post that 2018 World T20 was, you know, based on the rift and understandable as well, what was not was the removal of W.V. Raman, you know, under who the side achieved such great heights with the away ODI series wins against New Zealand and West Indies and wins at home against England and South Africa. This is both in 2019, along with the T20I victories against South Africa at home and West Indies away to go with the T20 World Cup final appearance. I think W.V. Raman was considered as the best choice to, you know, continue leading the team. Uh, this is in the lead-up to the World Cup that's happening in New Zealand next year. But the Cricket Advisory Committee thought otherwise. It was sad to see him not being given another go. As with this team, we have seen how he has led them properly and they have prospered under his able guidance and one will never forget his contributions to the team. He was an absolute gentleman and even wished Povar the best for his journey on Twitter and expressed how he earnestly hopes for the girls to soar, which is something we all are desperately hoping for. The nine-member coaching panel. This time around, we have Shiv Sundar Das, the former India men's test opener who has been appointed as the batting coach of India women for the upcoming tour of England, while Abhay Sharma has been named the fielding coach. Rajkumar Devi Gaikwad, the current Baroda's 
Women selection panel chief replaced the long-time manager who served the role until the home series against South Africa in March. The nine-member support staff who slated to tour England includes R. Naresh, performance analyst Sandeep Raju, Masoos Neerja Desai. Former India International and National Cricket Academy spin bowler Narendra Hirwani, who worked as the spin consultant with India women under former coach W.V. Raman through you know, July 2019 and March this year, doesn't feature on the list. Sharma, the former Railways wicketkeeper, has had you know stints with the India men's team and was the fielding coach of the India women for the South Africa series who continued to function. Let's now talk about the one-off test we are playing and celebrate a historic feat. One of the biggest talking points of this series versus England has to be the fact that we will be playing this one-off test. The Indian Eves last played a test match in 2014 against South Africa that we won by an innings and 34 runs. But if we were to look back, one can never forget the historic win versus the England Eves in 2014 the same year that we saw the last of our girls playing test cricket. It was not difficult for many to have missed this bit of news. The one-off test back then did not even have a fraction of the coverage or conversation surrounding women's cricket today. But even with the lack of attention, the effort was extraordinary. It was almost an unbelievable win. First up, India was playing a test match after almost 8 years back then. Their last five-day game was also in England and that was back in 2002 when Mithali Raj, whose double century also came in that country, led India to the first ever test win there. Secondly, eight of our playing 11 were making their test debut that day, a list that included Poonam Roth, Harman Preet Kaur, Shikha Pandey, star of the first innings Niranjana Nagarajan and the star of the second innings, a young 18-year-old, unheralded Smriti Mandana. Only three of the players, Mithali Raj, Jhulan Goswami and Karu Jain, had donned the whites previously. Third, India was still a very like semi-professional outfit with no central contracts for the women cricketers, unlike their counterparts. And there were no on-field odds. England were the reigning Ashes champion with like plenty of experience. India was a player down also, you know, when chasing in the fourth innings as... Shubhalakshmi Sharma had injured her shoulder. But in a moment that should be celebrated more often, a rookie Indian side beat England for the second straight time on their home soil even after 8 years. So one can hope the same thing happens this time around as well. To look at some other issues that plague women's test cricket and how this is a step in the right direction. Overall, long-form cricket among women has been confined to just England and Australia over the past six years. England play a test every two years as a part of the multi-format Women's Ashes series against Australia but have not faced India since 2014. England and Australia are the only women's sides to have played a test since August 2015 with most international series comprising of just the limited over matches. One of the major issues with women's tests is the pitches and they have been flat for most part of it and they are not even conducive to exciting cricket. The ICC even went on record to say that women's cricket is not feasible which is I think unacceptable as a retort as to why we can't see more of women test matches. However, 
many players have spoken you know about their desire to play the long format you have megan shoot who's calling for women tests to become more widespread even suzy bates reflecting on the same so it's time that it is reconsidered and looked into even a brief history into test cricket of women we have seen how england beat australia in 2014 at the perth on a pitch that offered pace and bounce but they lost their ashes test against australia at canterbury the following year and the two most recent meetings i think in 2017 and 2019 were drawn and they were dull affairs but i'm sure this will this time around we will see an interesting game but the clash with the world test championship in the latter half of the game i mean it can't be avoided but hopefully this too is able to garner as much viewership before it's dismissed players to watch out for first up we have shefali varma The opener received her maiden ODI and test call up on this tour to England and I think she'll be a very exciting addition to the ODI setup because in the T20s that she's played 22 T20 internationals she has racked up 617 runs at an average of 29.38 her desire for those big scores and her hard hitting abilities make her one of those players to watch out for and the English team will be definitely plotting against her Next on my list is Smriti Mandana. Having been a prolific opener for India, the southpaw just seems to toy with the opposition whenever she is in control. Smriti Mandana averages 63.26 in chases in her ODI career and she strikes them at 90.78. These are unbelievable stats. And in the ODIs since 2018 those numbers shot up to 123.83 and 101.08 respectively in matches when india wins chasing smriti mandana's strike rate reads at 88.57 and she averages a prolific 74.78 i think it will be exciting to see her carry forward this vein of form to england in spite of the very quiet series she had versus south africa because we know what she brings to the table and it will be exciting to see Chulan Goswami she has 231 wickets in ODIs the most and the next best in the list is just 180 so you can't discuss if she's good or bad because she's just the best she has played 184 ODIs in counting and again this is a lot for a fast bowler a good 40 more than the next in the list words might probably not do justice to her longevity in the sport and touch wood she continues to play as long as she can a wicket in the very first over for chulan goswami and more importantly her you know planning and execution at this stage is something that has always stood out about her career and seeing her play in england is going to be very exciting next up is shikha pande i think shikha pande brings in the pace and the experience to give the indian women an edge on the bowling front in her 7 year career with the side She has been a key bowler alongside Jhulan Goswami to form India's pace backbone. She has four wickets in tests from the two matches that she has played in the ODIs. She's picked up 73 wickets from 52 matches and has 36 uh, T20 international wickets from 50 games. She will now be one of the most experienced pacer in the Indian women ODI and T20 setup while being a very good counterpart in the test format as well. Last on my list is Indrani Roy. This wicketkeeper batter from Jharkhand made heads turn as she batted her way to becoming the leading run scorer in the senior one day trophy. 
She racked up 456 runs at an average of 76 and these numbers resulted in her maiden call-up to the senior India women's squad. Roy hails from Howrah district and was a part of Bengal's under-19 team that won the national championship in the 2014-15 season. She has also played under-19 and under-23 for her home side, later shifting base to Jharkhand. Others like Jemima Rodriguez, Mithali Raj, Ekta Bisht and Deepthi Sharma too will be the ones to watch out for undoubtedly. My playing 11 for all the formats. I think this was one of the toughest part of you know writing the episode as the squad this time around is brilliant and not choosing someone was really hard. It was you know the basic debates of youth versus experience, domestic picks and if they'll actually make it big in international cricket or if it's too premature to get them started off in England you know because these are tough conditions and just getting the batting and the bowling combo right. I'm sure that the selectors too would be thinking of you know what would uh, comprise an ideal playing level but here's mine with a lot of uh, <laughs> guilt rather sadness that you know some players didn't make it through but I've kept them as standbys but here are my teams My test playing 11 would have Smriti Mandana and Priya Punia opening the batting Mithali Raj Poonam Rawat Harmanpreet Kaur Deepthi Sharma forming my solid batting order in the middle Indrani Roy as the wicketkeeper Shikha Pandey Jhulan Goswami Poonam Yadav with Sneha Rana or Ekta Bisht making the cut for a proper playing 11 My ODI playing squad would have Smriti Mandana and Shefali Verma open Poonam Rawat or Jemima Rodriguez Mithali Raj as the skipper Harmanpreet Kaur, Deepthi Sharma or Harleen Diol, Indrani Roy as the wicketkeeper, Shikha Pandey, Radha Yadav, Jhulan Goswami and Poonam Yadav. The T20 side of mine would have Smriti Mandana and Shefali Verma to open the batting, Jemima Rodriguez, Harmanpreet Kaur as the captain, Harleen Diol, Deepthi Sharma or Arundhati Reddy, Tanya Bhatia as the wicketkeeper, Shikha Pandey Radha Yadav, Simran Dil Bahadur and Poonam Yadav. Let's now focus on the England threat. Players from their side to watch out for. England is blessed with so many players who have time and again proven their mettle versus India in all the formats. I would be looking out for Nat Siver, Heather Knight, Sophie Ecclestone, Danny White, Catherine Brunt, Fran Wilson, Lauren Winfield, Tammy Beaumont. as they have been previous match winners and we've seen them you know first hand in the WBBL Kia Super League women's T20 challenge and even international cricket they they would definitely pose a threat to India's quest to win the series but i'm definitely watching out for them let's now focus on the indian women who are playing in the inaugural version of the 100 harmanpreet kaur smriti mandana deepthi sharma jemima rodrigues are set to represent manchester originals southern brave london spirit and northern superchargers respectively in the inaugural edition of the 100 kaur mandana sharma and rodrigues are likely to complete contract formalities imminently and with the bcci already having sent the ecb the nocs the non objection certificates for each of them this should happen soon it's also expected that the ecb will announce the signing soon 
and the indian contingent at the women's 100 will extend their stay following the completion of that tour with the 100 ball tournament starting on july 21st with the matches uh, between invincibles and the originals at the oval before the respective men's sides meet the following day shefali varma india's youngest t20 international debutant in men's or women's cricket has managed to bag a contract at the 100 and it would be her first in any overseas t20 competition the swashbuckling opener will play for birmingham phoenix under kiwi all-rounder sophie devine in her nascent 22 match international career shefali varma who has only been capped till now in the t20 international format has established herself as one of the most fearless strikers in the world often drawing comparisons to her now counterpart in the team alisa heely and with her 163 runs in the tournament at a strike rate of 158.25 and this was the highest among players with 100 runs or more at the at the 2020 T20 World Cup she was pivotal you know in India's run to the final meanwhile Kaur Mandana Rodriguez and Sharma completed the Indian contingent at the now defunct Kia Super League at ECB's domestic T20 tournament last year and that made way for the women's 100 and seeing the largest ever Indian contingent competing will be such a beautiful moment hopefully paving the way for more talented women players to play in this league gain experience and learn a lot the last and the final topic that i'd like to talk about are some other issues now even before the dust settled on the controversial turn of events that saw wv raman slam the prima donna culture world in the women's team saurav ganguly expressed his disappointment over his removal the contract system with the huge pay gap in comparison to the men's annual contracts also became a topic of discussion and as news rolled out based on the reports in the daily telegraph by westbury a journalist based in england the harmanpreet kaur led team was yet to be paid the prize reward for the t20 world cup finals and staunch supporters refused to call it a gender issue i mean when you think about it how could it not be considering the nonchalant moves and the you know questionable strategies that bcci has applied towards the women's cricket in the last 14 months i don't know how people are still defending the actions but criticism piles on the dread remains I mean what is the goal you know heading into the 2022 world cup teams start preparing for like a grand event like your world cup almost immediately after the previous edition ends but now we have suddenly enforced a change in coach uh, where you have the skipper who does not see eye to eye with him and you just have 10 months ahead of the tournament and this is such a big risk that has been taken how big a risk will it be you know as new equations have to be built and past follies have to be forgotten how will the side readjust and adapt to a new coaching method and will past experiences have an adverse effect i don't know it's just a lot of questions and we still have a series versus south africa and some other top teams planned so let's see how it all pans out and if bcc can actually come through maybe just maybe if the focus shifts from you know lining up players to hushing any criticism to the bigger prize women's cricket in india could well and truly see a new dawn with this i come to an end with this episode that served as a preview of the very exciting women's team tour to england thank you so much for sticking around and if you've made it this far i took a long break and i'm finally back so hopefully the form continues 
Women's cricket is something I'm truly passionate about and talking about it on my podcast definitely gives me unparalleled happiness and I hope the best for the team. I also hope that you listeners have understood and can resonate with the pointers discussed. Your support really gives me the strength and zeal to keep working and delivering quality content to you all. A heartfelt thank you. Do check out at the rate never on the back foot on Instagram and at the rate never on the back one on Twitter for the latest facts, trivia, quizzes, terminology, retweets and a lot more that's coming up with this exciting packed calendar. As you know, the podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast and a lot of other platforms. So please do spread the word. Also, feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions for the already published episodes and recommendations for future topics. Do share this episode widely and your support is really appreciated. See you next time listeners. Cheers, stay safe and take care. Bye for now.